Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Soda Pop Podcast. I am your host, Kyle Williams, and I'm here with a very special guest, James or Jim Harris. Which one do you prefer? Jim is fine. Okay, Jim Harris. Um, he is our guest. He wrote um, the musical that's coming to UNA called, uh, I, I don't, don't want to say it wrong, We'll Meet Again. Very simple. Um, the new American musical. But before we get started, James, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and all the wonderful things you do? <laughs> well, uh, I'm actually an attorney by profession, but I have been in a lot of musicals, and uh, uh, my inspiration for writing musicals was my mother, who was a very talented musician and uh, would take me to uh, any musical theater production within 100 miles of wherever I was. And so I grew up with around musicals and it's been a, a joy to uh to write these shows and uh, and, a, and a surprise to see produced in so many places so it's it's really been a, a fun thing we love um before we get started i'm gonna ask you what songs have you been listening to this week like what's been one thing that's been stuck in your head it could be from the musical be anything in your daily life <laughs> well since the musical just uh, had its first performances yesterday, uh, one for the uh, in the morning for the Opelika High School students, and in the evening for uh, the Opelika Alabama uh, community, uh, I've been hearing the songs from the show over and over. In fact, I hear them at 3 a.m. trying to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. So. Uh, Here's some of the songs that I've been, but but they're beautiful. They're beautiful. And Mark Hayes, who is the the uh, my musical collaborator, is brilliant. Uh, I'll be seeing you, which was is a love song from World War II era. Basically, uh, two two people saying goodbye to one another. It's very lovely. Uh, Jukebox Saturday Night. Uh, it's a uh, it's a it's a dance number that uh, is used in the show to introduce the immigrant Stearns to the people of Opelika. And a little trivia for you. The man that wrote the music to that also wrote the Auburn University fight song. Oh! Yes, yes. So nice tie-in there because there's a lot of tie-ins to Auburn. And uh, oh, heavens to Betsy. Uh, I'll give you one or two more. Okay. Uh, uh, Boogie Woogie Bugle Boy. You Such know that classic. one, right? Yes. Oh, that's fun. That's lots of fun. And uh, uh, um, okay, now this is an obscure one. And this is the last one I'll say. They're either too young or too old, which is a song about a uh, about the World War Two era where a lady is lamenting that there's no men because they're all overseas. So they're either too young or too old. I either get a, let's see if I can get a, it's one of the lyrics. Uh, I either get a fossil or an adolescent pup. I either need, either need to hold him down or have to hold him up. I love that so much. I have to listen to that. Um, my songs for this week are going to be 4 a.m. And um, what is it? It's 4 a.m. And um Simple and clean. I've been listening to a lot of city pop, which is like Japanese pop music from the 80s. 
and I have been obsessed with it. It's so like rhythmically like addictive and I can't get over it. So that's what I've been listening to a lot of recently. So Jim, um, let's get into it. Let's talk about We'll Meet Again, because if you don't know, it's coming here to the university on September 8th. You can come see it at 7 p.m. It's going to be in Norton Auditorium. Um, students get in for free, and if you are a general public, tickets are only $30, which is such a good price to probably see this wonderful thing. Um, so what is We'll Meet Again all about? It It's inspired by a true story, and the true story is... Uh, very unique. Uh, I knew a man in Opelika, Alabama, named Henry Stern. And Henry had this big, booming Southern accent, and he referred to himself as an Alabama redneck. And he he was just a larger-than-life personality. And then I found out, to my shock, that when he was five years old, he was a Jewish refugee from the Nazis. He and his family uh, were born, uh, he was born in Nazi Germany. And there was a relative in Opelika that came over and begged them to get out. And they said, no, we'll be fine, we'll be fine. Well, something happened and they became terrified and they got out on the last boat, sanctioned boat that left Nazi Germany with Jewish passengers. So they made it just in time. And they were actually given a hero's welcome in Opelika. And he became, he lived here his entire life and became known as Mr. Opelika. And near the end of his life, he makes a remarkable discovery. Uh, he thinks his entire family has perished in the Holocaust. And he makes a remarkable discovery 67 years later. And if you want to know what that remarkable discovery is, please come to see, we'll meet again at Norton Auditorium. <laughs> And on September 6th at 7 o'clock. <laughs> um, that, if for everyone who doesn't know, Opelika is a town in Alabama. Um, it's, like, located right outside of Auburn, almost, or, like, right before Auburn. Um, very beautiful town. I've been there before. Lovely town. Um, so my question is, like, how did you meet Henry? Like, how did you learn his backstory and history and all of those fun things? Uh, you know, the funny thing is, I met, uh, we would go out. Uh, to um, eat at Alks Club a lot. And uh, Henry, before I knew his background, would always be the one to tell us what to get out of the buffet. <laughs> and, you know, again, he had this big, hum this big Southern accent. He'd say, try the collard greens, but steer clear of the cream corn. <laughs> you know? and, and so, um, so I was just astonished when I heard his story because he seemed like such a Southerner. And uh, so I, I actually read a, um, a paper that a high school student had written about him. And I learned more about his story. And then they had this remarkable event near the end of his life. And I saw the, uh, the, the video of that. And I said, this, this is just too good. You know, this is it. This is the story. I was looking for a musical that would focus on the World War II era. And uh, some, you know, the way you do that, or the way you, you focus on uh, a time period is you, you look at the uh, people, you know, you don't look at the, the event's too big, it's too huge. So you look at individual lives. And I thought this was a very unique angle and uh, 
am just so uh, gratified that people have identified with it, and including Coach Bruce Pearl. I love that. Um, one thing that I really stood out to me when I was learning about the show is the title New American Musical. Um, uh -huh. Because typically you hear American musical and, musical and you think of like the Gilded Age of musicals, which is currently people are like re trying to define that because of a lot of the racist sentiments that go along with it. So why was the title New American Musical chosen for the show? Well, because uh, one one reason is because we wanted to differentiate it so that it was clear that this was, uh, there There are things out there that titled We'll Meet Again. And we wanted to make sure that this was uh, differentiated as a new American musical. Some of them are from England, by the way, because that uh, song, I, I believe, there was a song called We'll Meet Again that uh, I believe originated in England. So that's one reason is to say this is a new American musical. This is just brand new and it's an American show and it's about America. The other thing, is, the other reason uh, is uh, that uh, we want people to know that this is hot off the press. Uh, last night, uh, I believe was only the 10th and 11th time that this musical has been performed in public. Mm -hmm. So it's brand new, American musical. When did you um, write the show? Uh, I started. Uh, I started writing it. Uh, it's had a long uh, history. I, uh, I I submitted a one-page summary sheet to the Barter Theater, which is a state theater of Virginia, and they accepted it. But then then comes the hard part. Uh, I don't know if you've you've ever tried to write a, a show or a play or a musical, but it's it's. It's daunting, and <laughs> I started. Uh, I would encourage anybody that wants to do it to try it. That's one of my big. I'm kind of preachy about that because uh, you know here I am, a lawyer, and you know uh, I'm writing musicals that are that people are enjoying, and I never would have known if I didn't try it. So I'm I'm very passionate about telling about advising people if there's a dream that you have to to explore it um but uh the the first thing i did was i went to uh, germany to uh research the uh, uh research where these people where this family came from and uh, met a uh, met a gentleman that uh, actually had known Henry before he came over. He was in his 80s. Henry uh, sadly passed away uh, about five years ago, and so I wish he would have lived to see this. Uh, but uh, his kids have have seen it and enjoyed it, and some other family members. But um, so I did some research there, and. Uh, one of the toughest days of my life uh, uh, was going to the Holocaust archives in Arlson, Germany. Uh, and uh, I hired a, a tour guide that uh, connects people to find their, their Jewish uh, heritage and particularly a Holocaust heritage. And uh, she had, when we came in to the uh, archives, they had the Stern family papers all laid out and uh, it's it's tough. But anyway, uh, we, uh, we've tried to tell that story, but uh, I, I 
want to emphasize that the story is fun. I mean, there's some tough parts. Don't, don't I don't want to, you know, it, it ha there have to be. Uh, yeah. But it has an uplifting ending and there's a lot of humor in it too. There's a lot of laughs. Yes. And the music is great. Yes. You'll be tapping your toes. Um, one question I have for you is, you also wrote a show called The Civil War Voices, which uh -huh. is also about like a mi uh, minority group, from what I read about it. Um, like, correct me if I'm wrong. It, it's it's five it's stories of five uh, people that lived through the Civil War. Uh, it it does tell. Uh, I think the story you're focusing on is a remarkable story uh, involving a lady named Elizabeth Keckley who uh, was born a slave, bought her freedom, and then be went to Washington, D.C. and became the personal assistant and confidant of the First Lady, Mary Todd Lincoln. So uh, there are soldiers, there are ordinary individuals, and uh, so, uh, and again, it, it's music from the period, so. Um, what inspired you to do like more war-like type pieces Specifically, because I've noticed the theme between the two. Well, here's the reason: uh, is that w wars um, inspire uh, passion, and uh, they uh, they tend to in inspire really great music. Uh, and uh, you don't you don't think about that, but it does. I mean, you just you you start focusing on it and you know the music of world war ii is just great um and uh and and also um i like to focus on individual people and in these cataclysmic events somebody i mean i i would like to write a musical that isn't about war someday <laughs> somebody some smart aleck once said what's next the war of 1812 uh, <laughs> I said, I don't think there's any good music for the War of 1812. So anyway, but that's a good question, and that's the best way I can answer it. No, I understand. People's lives are constantly affected, and they make wonderful stories, sadly, but they make stories that are amazing, and creativity does draw from war. That's how we've given a lot of good music, a lot of good industry booms like fashion and technology. War that's does right. create a lot of things. Um you constantly bring up how music drives your life. If that's why you chose to do a musical over a play, because um, I know like me personally, I'm a person who prefers plays over musicals, I, even though I love music. Why is that you're asking? Yes. I, I just have a passion for it. Uh, um, I, uh, my mother was a huge influence in my life. Um, she, uh, uh, I, I will I will brag on her. She she was a very modest person and wouldn't tell you this, but she was a Juilliard educated violinist and uh, 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 got a master's degree at Columbia and studied with uh, Shasa Jacobson, who was one of the great violinists of the 20th century. And uh, so she she was a remarkably humble person, but she uh, she. And I didn't even realize it growing up that I was surrounded by all this wonderful music. But uh, I think I think that her inspiration has uh, driven me uh, to to do these things. My dad was not a musician, but he was a, an historian and liked music. So I should give him some credit, too. But primarily the part 
of my uh, heart that is in musicals is from my mother. We love. Okay. Um, another question I have for you is your collaborators, because with both Civil War Voices and for um, We'll Meet Again, you worked with Mark Haynes for music. How do you find someone that you would like to collaborate with and want to collaborate collaborate with again? <laughs> now, those are interesting stories <laughs> and, and long shots. They're long shots. And again, I come back to this theme, you just have to try it. You just have to, you just have to do it and you never know what's going to happen. Uh, for the first show, uh, Civil War Voices, I had in mind another uh, composer. And uh, uh, I was going to meet with, those, the, with that composer and, and a snowstorm hit. And I, I began rethinking and I couldn't get to the meeting. So I began rethinking. Uh, my concept and I went to the store uh, in a music store or in Lincoln, Nebraska, where I live. And I said, I want every songbook that deals with the Civil War, with music from the Civil War. And one composer stood out and stood way out. Uh, and uh, it was Mark Hayes. And I'd never heard of him before. Uh, and so uh, I called him and I out of the blue. And I said, Mr. Hayes, my name is Jim Harris. You don't know me. I'm falling in love with your music. I'm begging you to have a meeting with me. I've got an idea. And uh, he did. He agreed. And I think was a little, what is this man all about? But by the end of it, we hit it off. And, and uh, it was the best move I ever made uh, in terms of the music uh, uh, field because uh, we've become really good friends. He's a very wonderful man and a brilliant composer. And so uh, when I when it became time to um, write the second one, there was only one person I was going to ask to work with, and that's Mark. Uh, Mark, uh, I did not know how famous Mark was at the time, or else I might not have asked him. <laughs> I'm serious. Uh, uh, but... Um, yeah, I, I get people telling me in amazement, asking me in amazement, you're working with Mark Hayes? So, yeah, who'd, who'd have thunk it? But anyway, um, so, uh, and, and I, uh, the way we work is I pick the music, uh, believe it or not, and he likes it that way. And I, and I kind of describe what I think the emotion should be. And then I just turn it over to him. You know, he, he does that part of it. I couldn't possibly do that i mean you wouldn't want to see a musical where i wrote the music you'd run out of the theater screaming after about five minutes but he is so brilliant and uh, and rick rose uh is is another very dear friend um and it helps by the way if you work with people that you like and trust <laughs> it really helps uh yeah, rick uh was the director of the Barter Theater, which is a state theater of Virginia in, uh, for 27 years. And um, so uh, they learned of my first musical, uh, Civil War Voices, produced it and toured it. And so I became good friends with Rick Rose. So when, I, when it became time to, uh, to submit the show, uh, to, to submit an idea for the second show, I submitted it to Barter and, and so, they accepted it. COVID shut down the entire run of the show. It was supposed to be produced there, November of or September of 2020. 
supposed to be 41 main stage performances and there were zero. And COVID so it again. we went to uh, Savannah, uh, the, uh, another friend had a, own, had a, owned a theater in Savannah and we talked him into letting us do it. Thank heaven. Uh, there, that's when I, where it had its world premiere and Rick had since retired and he became my director. And uh, his wife, Amanda, is the costumer and the choreographer. So you get this whole package. You get a director, you get costume or you get a choreographer. So they have worked incredibly hard on this tour. Oh my Lord, it wouldn't be happening without them. Um, if you guys don't know, on the September 7th, the day before the show, both um, all Jim, Mark and uh, Rick are coming to teach master classes about different topics. Mark is going to do one about music. Rick is gonna do one about directing and the whole process of that. And you're doing one on um, page to stage, and this will be about playwriting, correct? That's correct. Um, what is a little bit that will be like, can you give us a little sneak preview about like some of the topics you'll be covering in that class? Well, what, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to tell my experience because I think that extrapolating my experience can maybe uh, uh, help people just understand what one person's journey is. So uh, I'm just going to talk about how I went about it and uh, maybe people will feel better to understand how many uh, uh, failures I had. Uh, like the first script I submitted to the Barter Theater their reaction was uh, nice try, <laughs> you know, yeah. and you just have to keep writing and rewriting. So I'm going to focus on my journey and, uh, and hopefully that will help uh, people uh, if they're interested in getting into, into this type of thing or, or interested in creative writing. Uh, hopefully that will help them understand um, how to uh, go about this process. Yes. Um, if you guys want to come to that, that will be September 7th at 2 p.m. in Westland Hall to see the page to stage with Rick. Um, we will have the Creative Process Masterclass with Mark Haynes at, at the same time at 2 p.m. at the Music Building Recital Hall. To want to see the one with Richard or Rick will be in the George S. Lindsay Theater. And that's about the whole behind the scenes process of theater from technical to anything you can think of. So um, I want to thank you, Jim, so much for being on here with us today. To close us out, every week we do something that we call a fizzle down feel good. And it's just one good thing that's happened to you this week, one thing that you're grateful for. I know for me this week it's been the weather because it's been so hot, but currently it's overcast and it's only 70 degrees instead of like 95 degrees. And I am so <laughs> grateful for it. Well, I'm I'm grateful for a successful uh, premiere yesterday. I'm grateful for the support of uh, Bruce Pearl, who has just been unbelievable uh, as the as sort of the sponsor of our tour. And I'm grateful for people who've worked hard on this show, like the cast, like Rick, like Mark. Uh, and uh, uh, I, I just am, uh, there's a friend of mine in, in uh, named Professor Rob McKercher, who's really helped me with the writing process. I'm grateful for a lot of things because I've got a lot of things to be grateful for. That's amazing. Um, I hope everyone who's listening has learned something and will hopefully come and see this wonderful show. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Come out September 8th to at 7 o'clock to Norton to come see the show or come to one of these wonderful master classes at 2 p.m. on September 7th. Um, until then, we will see you guys in the next episode. Bye! <laughs>